Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Start Church podcast, Beyond the Call. And this is the resource of Start Church that really helps bring the voices of leaders and pastors into your home. And so we're so glad that you're joining us on the podcast today. And man, am I excited. I've got one of my great friends and mentors, Pastor Matt Keller, with us today. Pastor Matt, thanks for being with us. You're welcome, Nathan. It's always good to spend. Anytime I can spend time with you is good time well spent. Awesome. Well, hey, listen, I know you and I, we go way back, but for some of the new listeners of the podcast, uh, give them the high level view. How'd you get into the, what role are you fulfilling? How'd you get into that role? Yeah, well, um, what I do, what I spend my days doing is really threefold. Number one, I'm married to my wife, Sarah, uh, and she and I have been married for 23 years now, and we lead our church, Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, Southwest Florida, multi-site church. We lead that together. We're the co-lead pastors. And so, uh, and then we have two teenage boys, Will, who is a freshman in college and Drew, who is a junior in high school. Uh, and so that's the first thing I do with all my time. The second thing I do with all my time is, as I mentioned, I lead and pastor Next Level Church. And so 18 years ago, uh, my wife, Sarah, and I moved from the only home we had ever known in Indiana um, a small town called Auburn, Indiana, and we relocated to Fort Myers with a big dream in our heart and no, no clue how to get it done. And yet God has been so faithful. And over the last 18 years, uh, we've just seen him just grow and multiply and just minister to so many lives. And we're just humbled to be part of that. We're a multi-site church now. We have two locations. Uh, we're renovating a third uh, location now. Um, that will launch this fall, God willing. And we have a Fort Myers Dream Center as well. So that's the second thing I do all day. And then the third thing that keeps me busy every day is I oversee uh, the Next Level Relational Network. And we are a family of churches um, that exists to pastor ministry leaders, ministry couples, so they can lead healthy and high-impact churches. And so, Nathan, every single day we wake up thinking healthy and high-impact. How do we help our churches across North America be healthy and high impact. So those are the three things I do all day. That's great. Well, one of the things I love about your, you have a passion for the local church. And according to, at the time of this recording, we're in a big crisis here. Uh, there's lots of things going on where several weeks, many of this listeners to this podcast are several weeks into a quarantine. Um, talk to us about how it's affected your local church and how have you guys responded? Well, we are in the middle of something that Nathan is really, um, Un, un, unexperienced. We have not experienced this in our lifetime. I, I heard a, a mentor of mine say recently, he said, this is the largest global crisis of our entire lifetime. And one of the things about this crisis that I think is so important for us to understand is that, uh, that I think there are, there are, every generation has its 9-11, so to speak. And so there are a few pivotal moments in national history or global history in this case that are going to be defining moments that cr create a new before and after. So most all of us listening today can think of 9-11. That was a before and after. The, right. the housing market crisis in the United States that created a before and after. I think this coronavirus, Nathan, is going to be another one of those before and after moments. I looked at my 16-year-old son recently, and I said, the very first Sunday night, as we knew we were kind of headed in this direction, I, I told my teenager, I said, every, I, just that, I said, every generation has their 9-11. And I said, son, 
I don't know yet, but I think this could be your generation's uh, 9-11, where you say 50 years from now, you're going to say, yeah, I was a teenager during the coronavirus. So yeah. my point is, this, this is a big deal. And so some of us right now are thinking, man, I just wish this would hurry up and go get over. I wish God would deliver us from this. And yes, we should be praying that. But I'm going to answer your question here in a second. I haven't forgotten what it was. But my point is, for us as church leaders, I think we're sitting in a very unique opportunity where, where God has somehow in his sovereignty allowed the whole world to go on pause. Yeah. And we're in a season right now where we have unique opportunity to, to rethink how we do what we do in terms of the local church. So with all of that backdrop in mind, for us, as soon as, as we started to realize that this thing was, was going to be a real thing, um, the first thing we did was we, we sat down together as, as an executive leadership team for about four hours and looked across our church and said, everybody's job description gets pushed to the center of the table. Um, and how do we, 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 we rallied around a few questions. Um, and we said, everybody's job description gets pushed to the center of the table. So, so in other words, what you did yesterday is might not be what you're going to do tomorrow, including Sarah and I. Yeah. Secondly, then we said, how do we continue to pastor and lead in an all digital church reality? And so thankfully for us, we've used video teaching on our weekends for a long time, live stream. None of that has been real, you know, uh, has been a new thing for us, thankfully. Uh, and so we really just looked across our church and said, what does it look like? Again, not just to pull off services in an online reality. That's just the tip of the iceberg. How do we pastor and lead our people well through this crisis. And then the third thing we rallied around was how do we help other churches who, who don't have the resources we have, don't have the, the cash reserves we have, don't have the, the access to technology that we have and a large staff like we have. So once we rallied around those three questions, then from there, we were able to meet with our team the next morning and say, all right, here's a, here's a comprehensive way for us to go forward. And here are our most current thoughts we're thinking today and all of that at this point stands but everything's subject to change because you know this thing started moving really fast yeah so those were a few things we did and and how did your team respond talk to us through the leadership level we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute but initially how do you keep people from freaking out and how do you lead strong in those moments well that's a good question i mean i think some of it is for the first thing we have to do Nathan, from a leadership perspective, is we have to validate how they feel personally right now. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just go into organizational fix-it mode or conquer the world mode. The first thing we have to do as leaders is always listen. Listen and empathize and be able. So, so Sarah and I sat down on stools and looked at our staff. Was It will become known as the last in-person staff meeting we have for a while. And everyone was six feet apart and the whole deal. And we were in a great big room spread out. And we looked at them and we said, this is crazy. And, you know, we wanted to create space for them to be able to, to express out loud how it's making them feel. So, you know, before we can get to tactically, here's the blocking and tackling of how we're going to man up, go, you know, go through this and, and, and maneuver it all. We had to first stop and empathize and validate. However you feel is how you feel. And it's right to feel that way. Yeah, if you feel sad, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel hurt, uh, if you have unmet expectations of what you were hoping this, this spring would be and what we thought our goals for the church. So we had to stop and empathize with that. And the truth is, we're still doing that. On a daily basis, all of our leaders are slowing down with their teams daily and going, 
how's everybody doing right now? Because there are different waves, waves or phases of this crisis as it's rolling out. So that was the first thing. And then secondly, then we had to let them know change is change. Change is, is, is neither bad nor good. But there's two ways for us to look at change. We can either look at change from an opportunity standpoint, or we can look at change as from a pessimistic standpoint. And so we had to make sure that we were leading our staff to see that, that change is going to be change. And we're going to view this on the positive side. Again, not that what is happening is positive, but that, that how we, our church, are positioned is going to be, we're going to position ourselves willfully by God's will in a positive light and then let them know. So here's, here's our most current thoughts directionally as we stand right now. Those three ideas really set the course for, for leading our staff into this. We know that as a pastor, you're probably busy trying to figure out how to take your church online. Well, we've got great news. We've created a guide just for you. Our new guide, which we call Start Church Connect, is designed to help you walk through an easy to follow solution to bring your church online. And while there's many solutions out there, this one will make it simple, easy to use in a way for you to engage this moment for the gospel. Now, usually this product would cost $25, but right now we're giving it away for just $1. Visit startchurch.com connect and get your plan today. You know, an online campus is a possibility. Let Start Church Connect make it a reality. Did you find that uh, God had prepared you for this anyway? Was there anything in your vision or anything in your current decisions you know, within a previous years that made you available to do that, ready to do some of this right now? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, we were able to walk two and a half years ago through Hurricane Irma. And, you know, we had that Category 5 come through Southwest Florida uh, in the fall of 8, uh, eight or 17, fall of 2017. And, um, and so, you know, for us, I mean, we literally rebuilt built our organization into a distribution, you know, center uh, to, to meet the needs of tens of thousands of people in our city that were hurting and hungry and broken and in need. And so, so much of what we learned in that crisis positioned us for this crisis. And so for us to literally reorg our church in four hours, well, we had done that before because we did it with the hurricane two and a half years ago. Yeah. So, so this was not new territory for us to look at a crisis and go, you know, how do we do this? We weren't paralyzed by that, I guess is the point. Yeah. In fact, we actually realized, no, this is, we've actually seen God move in a crisis before. Now it's a hurricane's totally different than this, but it's not the first crisis we've been through. Yeah. Well, well, let's, let's jump into that part of crisis. How does the requirements of leadership change in seasons of crisis? Yeah, well, uh, I think um, uh, that's such a great question. I, I honestly, Nathan, I, there are, um, I've been doing a lot of teaching with a lot of, um, a lot of leaders over the last two or three weeks as we walk through this. And I'm thankful to God that he's opened the doors for us to be able to pastor so many ministry leaders and speak into them. And uh, this one included, I, I think there are a lot of, my mind goes in a lot of directions. The first is as leaders in a crisis, we've got to face reality. Mm -hmm. And some of us keep saying things like, well, I just want it to go back to normal. C can I just speak frankly with us? There is no, this is the new normal. And yeah. the normal we had before the coronavirus is gone. And the normal we'll step into after the coronavirus will be different than before. And so there are three seasons involved here. There's last season, this season, and next season. And so we've got to optimize the season we're in this season 
to be to to make the most of the next season we're stepping into and the way the first thing we've got to do is we've got to face reality the second thing is for leaders we've got to get the world off of our shoulders i, I can't tell you how many leaders i've talked to over the last three weeks and they literally you know they're not taking their sabbath they're not sleeping well they're not eating well they haven't worked out in weeks and it's that feeling of, and that's just physically you know but it's like hey listen leaders we're gonna be here a while yeah. So, so you've got to surround yourself with a team. You've got to have other pastors, ministry leaders that you can, you can connect with. Um, it, so the third thing I think I would say is for leaders, you got to get ready for the long haul. And all of us, I think that's the, that is the, the reality bridge we all crossed about a week ago when we suddenly realized this isn't a week or two thing of like, oh, we'll just do a couple online services and we'll all be back to normal by Easter. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Like that's, yeah. that is not where we find ourselves. Yeah. And so you could feel a collective sort of, oh, yeah, I think across so many ministry circles, because we started to realize this thing's going to be a while. And so here's what I would say. Do you remember in Jim Collins book, Good to Great? Uh, he talked about the Stockdale principle. Absolutely. And basically Stockdale was a, a colonel or whatever he was in the army and the military. And he was a POW in Vietnam. And the people who thrived, the, the guys who made it out after eight years in that POW camp were not the ones who said, oh, we're going to be out by Christmas. Oh, we're going to. He said, no, no, no. It, you, you have to walk the fine line of maintaining hope, but dealing in reality. And he yeah. said, those were the guys who actually made it out. And for some of us, we need to embrace, we need to, we need to recognize that this is going to be a while. And even after the medical crisis side of this is done, we've got to recognize, Nathan, that the financial economic side, the emotional side for people, the trauma we've walked through, even our people, here's a question, are people even going to want to be in large crowds again for a while? Like, like what kind of world are we walking back into church leaders? So anyway, I think that's so important. A couple of thoughts, sorry, I, I just, I'm passionate about this because I think there's so much to seize in a, in a crisis is um, to recognize as leadership, in a crisis, as leaders, everything is amplified a hundredfold. Everything we do gets amplified a hundredfold. And that means as leaders, we've got to be very visible. We've got to be very accessible. We've got to be very in touch with the front lines. So for example, two nights ago, I realized I've been doing a lot of, you know, I, I'm in touch with leaders, church leaders, even business leaders in our own church, meeting with them online with Zoom. And I realized I haven't really stopped to listen to the teenagers in our church yet. So I asked our youth pastors to get as many of our student leaders online as we could. So two nights ago, I just sat for over an hour with them and I shared some thoughts with them, but I, I sat for over an hour and I just, I said, you tell me how this is affecting you. What is a teenager feeling right now in the middle of this crisis? So recognize leaders that we're in the spotlight. And then the last thing I would say, Nathan, is recognize the opportunity God's given us in the middle of a crisis. Mm. The Chinese word uh, symbol for crisis is is made up of two symbols combined the symbol for danger and the symbol for opportunity mm. that's the chinese symbol for the word crisis mm. and as leaders we've got to recognize that yes this is there we're in danger like there there is danger here that's what makes it a crisis but there's also opportunity here we have a chance to reimagine how the church does church for the yeah. next generation for the next season that we will step into after this crisis is over that's so good um where is the church? Where do you see the church getting it right right now? What what are you seeing? Where you saying that's that's right? That's what's that's where we need to go. Where are you seeing church get it right? 
I think the church is getting it right in community. I think we're, we are, thank God for technology. And I feel like we got a little head start because what we, how we pastor our, our ministry leaders with the Next Level Relational Network is we've used Zoom and online video technology. You know, man, back yeah. in the day, eight Absolutely. or 10 years ago, we were doing this long before Google had a hangout. Yeah. Like we yeah. were, we were hanging out. So I feel like we were, we as a church body were able to just sell out quickly uh, to the reality of, you know, online community. And we, we knew that it would work. So I love that I think seeing the, the body of Christ leverage that. I think, you know, us not taking no for an answer. I think there are so many things in the church world that four weeks ago, Nathan, were non-negotiable that are now negotiable. Yeah. Like I, and I think that's exciting. I think even churches that are firm and established and mature and, and old and old school even have been forced to reimagine what the parameters and so-called boundaries of what we can and can't do, all those boundaries are gone now. The, the, the ground is flat and we get to run. So I think we're, I think this is bringing a necessary and needed innovation to the church. And then let me answer that, your question another way, Nathan. I think we're getting it right because we're embracing the pause. Hmm. We're not actually trying to overproduce. We're actually not trying to, I, the world was going crazy with busyness. I don't know how many times over the last couple of years I said, our people are so busy. We're so busy. Sarah yeah. and I are so busy. And for whatever reason, God has allowed a pause that has stopped the world. Yeah. And I think the church is getting it right in recognizing this is, this is actually a good thing to go home and have dinner with my family every night. Like, this is a good thing to be in prayer every night at 7.14 p.m. with my yeah. church. Like, I think we're getting it right in a lot of ways. I think that's so good. You're hitting on something. I ask all people all the time, how you doing? How you processing through this? And I hear two things over and over. It's very concerning. The world is definitely different, praying for those effective. And the second thing, I've never had much better quality family time. Like there is some structure in this that God is giving us a repoint to what really matters. Um, what do you think are the major narratives that the church should be engaging in right now? I mean, there's all sorts of social media and all. So what's the narrative the church should be engaging in in their local cities? I think uh, our churches should be should be engaging the narrative of, of just what you said, of home, of, of, of the restoration of the priesthood of the home. I think that is gigantic for churches right now is, is fathers leading their homes, uh, mothers leading their homes, like, like the, the priesthood of the home, yeah. that narrative is gigantic. And I think that's what God's doing. Yeah. I think secondly is a return to the cross and the blood. I do not think it's coincidental. And I've heard other major ministry leaders in, in the body of Christ today talk about Good Friday and Easter and how they believe they're calling uh, Good Friday the global communion day and how we're, there's a return to uh, the cross, to the blood over the home, um, the, the, the redemption of the home. And then the, I would say a third narrative is that idea of community. And how people are, the more isolated we are told to be, the more hungry, uh, or the hungrier, I guess is proper English, the more isolated we're told to be, the hungrier people are getting for authentic community. Yeah. And I think authentic community used to be a buzz term that we would use in cool churches. Now it's actually a reality and a necessity for, for our everyday people like never before. And then the last narrative is local missions. 
I think this is, um, this is providing globally the opportunity for local churches to be the church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to reimagine that, not on some big, flashy, showy, massive way, but on an individual, can I pick up groceries for you and drop them at your door and never talk to you and never touch you and never, like, that's, that's just, that's that anonymous being the hands and feet of Jesus. And again, I think if church leaders are wise and prayerful in this season, God will show us ways to pastor our cities that we've never thought were possible before. Yeah, I heard a pastor a couple weeks ago in Ohio, he was talking about how in, I think it was 191 and 251, the early church experienced a outbreak of um, pandemics. And it really became the death nail in paganism because as soon as the sicknesses hit, the pagans were out, even against their own family. But the Christians ran toward it, and people saw love being practically lived out. And I agree with you. I agree that this is an hour the church can shine, you know, like never before, uh, that, uh, that narrative uh, being there. What do you think are the big questions that pastors are going to wrestle? Let's say we go to the end of the bell curve here, and it starts winding down. How do you pastor people over these next six months? What do you think are, are questions pastors are going to get? And how do they pastor them through that? I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a lot of listening. And when I say that, Nathan, what I mean is we're going to have to listen. Um, we're going to have to listen to our people. Because again, we just don't know. It's just too early to tell. We're recording this uh, on April the 2nd, 2020, by the way, in case you're listening to this months later or whatever. Um, it is, so as of today, I, we, there's just so much we still don't know. Again, we don't know the long-term economic effects of this. Yes, even if businesses and restaurants reopen, are, uh, how long is that going to take? And we, the church, are notorious for being the last of the trickle of the financial yeah. side of that. Yeah, so. You know, we don't know where people are going to be at emotionally. You know, what are they going to feel? How are they, how are we all going to, to awaken from our homes into a new reality? How will the world be different? How will healthcare be different? Uh, how will our, you know, I just, I, so, so I think we're going to have to do a lot of listening to people and stay very in tune. So in other words, I, I, I'm a planner and like you, I love to look out six months, 15 months, three years and go, man, that's the mountain we're going to climb. In, in this season, especially us visionaries, we're going to have to slow down and, and, and be able to not just make long plans, those are right, but be able to shift and pivot a little bit and maintain speed. The second thing is I think we're going to have to listen to the Holy Spirit. I think God's up to something new in the church. And, and we're going to need the wisdom and voice of the Holy Spirit to be able to discern and know what that is. Yeah. And it's a whisper. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is a good communicator. I heard Jimmy Evans say this recently. He said, from Gateway Church, he said, the Holy Spirit's a good communicator. You just have to get close to him to hear him. And I think the danger is going to be that when we come out of this bell curve of this, of this season we're in, in and step into the next season, that we're all going to get busy again. Yeah. And we as church leaders are going to have to slow way down yeah. and go, I got to stay close to my father. I got to stay close to the wisdom and insight of the Holy Spirit. And if we'll do that, if we'll listen in those two directions, God will lead us and chart a course forward for our churches. That's so good. There's a power in the pause here, right? That you can, and getting close to somebody who's whispering, uh, it's awesome. Um, talk to me about how you prepare for, let's go real practical for the next few minutes here. 
Uh, how do you get practical on a potential economic shortfall? A lot of churches are week to week and they're having less week, right? How to encourage those or how would you encourage those right now that are having to make some tough decisions? How do you as a leader look at some of those potential economic shortfalls? How do you prepare? Well, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the proverb says in the in the house of the wise are stores of choice, fine uh, food and oil. And so it, it's hopefully um, we did that. Um, Dave Ramsey's three to six months of expenses has never looked so wise, has it? Uh, and that's not just for us personally, but that's for our businesses, for our, our organizations and certainly for our churches. And yeah. so, um, you know, hopefully there there is a cash reserve there. Um, but let me speak practically to uh, some of the ministers that are listening today. Um, so, so in terms of, of dealing with this, so when you think about your expenses, um, I would recommend making three categories. What are your fixed expenses? What are your variable expenses? And then what are your discretionary expenses? And so anything that lives in that discretionary line, of course, that is 100% discretionary. And so, you know, you can cut those expenses right away. Anything in the variable expenses, those are the things you can look at and go, how can it be over the next 60 or 90 days? So, for example, you know, if you get your the grass cut, you know, at your church once a week, how do we move that to once every other week? And will yeah. you just cut that bill in half? So it's a variable. How do you turn your air conditioning yeah. units up? You know, instead of just leaving them at 72 all the time, how do you put them at 78? Variable expenses like that. And then fixed expenses, of course, those are, in theory, fixed. What I would say is to a ministry leader is, uh, again, I said this a second ago, there are so many things that two or three months ago, our banks would have said, oh, no, never. We've, that's not possible for us to do that today are actually possible. So how do you call your landlord if you're a renter? How do you call your bank, your mortgage holder and say, hey, can we go interest only for the next six months? How yeah. do you call your credit card company if you've got credit card debt and say, hey, can we, you know, how do we, you know, how do we pay only the, the minimum payment on that? For the next three months or six months so the, so one thing i would so so all of those things make every one of those phone calls um additionally let me speak to this financially uh this uh this cares act for the first time in u.s history the churches and nonprofits have been uh, um, included in this and no. i would say to the ministry leaders again as of today it looks like it's the real deal and so if the government wants to pay eight weeks of your team's salaries, let's let them. Yeah. After all, we all paid income tax last right, year, so right. it's our money, so to speak. So for heaven's sakes, if the government wants to do that and help pay our mortgage and our interest and our, our rent, let's let them do that. So, yeah. so talk to, I would say the next phone call after this podcast is call your banker or call your CPA if you've not done that, because I really think that SBA thing is massive opportunity for churches. Yeah. Now, let me speak externally, Nathan. Those are all internal thoughts. Mm -hmm. Externally, how do we approach the whole giving side of things, the finance side of things as a church with our church people when people are losing their jobs, they're getting furloughed, they're getting their hours cut? Let me say a few things to church leaders in that regard. Um, number one, people respond to vision, not need. Plain and simple, lead with vision. In other words, talk about what your church is doing in your community during the offering portion of your weekend services or you know, any other communication you would have around the giving piece. Speak to vision, not need, because people will respond to that. Secondly, um, speak to your people around the idea of your church being a storehouse. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, uh, the command is for us to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. 
Well, never is it more important than a crisis for our storehouses to have food than it is right now. And so there are two kinds of people in your church. The first are people who have not been affected by this financially. And the, the truth is that is absolutely true. So we can speak to those people whose hours haven't been cut, who are still making a salary, whatever. And there are some people who actually their businesses, their industries are actually making like they're, they're cranking out hours and they're on mm -hmm. overtime right now. So there's that group of people. But then the second group of people are those who have been affected. And so as a pastor, as a shepherd, I think it's our responsibility to speak to both sides of that coin and say to those who have been affected, their hours have been cut, say to them, we want to be a part of your storehouse in this season. We believe this is what the local church is made for, to be a storehouse. And so give them a mechanism, a form that they can fill out to help make their needs known so that we can, can help meet those needs as, a lo as their local church. But then on the other side, speak to those people and say, listen, if you have extra, if God's blessed you, if your finances haven't been affected, then, then we need you to step into that and pray and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do above my tithe right now so that we can be even more generous yeah. so that our church can be a true storehouse in the middle of crisis. So I think this is not a time for us to shy away from money just because a few have lost their jobs. And again, it, it could be way more, of course, but I think it's time for us to speak to both sides of that. And it just in every way, pastors or teachers, let's teach our people through this crisis. So good. Let me ask you a last question here, Pastor Matt. There's, you know, a lot of ministers right now are struggling. They had vision uh, just a couple weeks ago, and now it's a very dark and confusing place. I heard somebody say something that really ministered to me. They said, don't, don't get insecure about what you were so confident about two weeks ago, right? How would you minister to, to somebody right now? There's a lot of leaders that are listening to this podcast. They were so clear just a couple weeks ago. How do you get them to how would you encourage them to get above the fog and see this is not always how it's going to be? How would you tell them to keep dreaming? That's a great question, Nathan. I, I think one of the first things I would say is uh, for those of us who are visionary leaders, and I am one, um, a season like this can be extremely difficult for us because everything feels so right now. Like we actually can't see past tomorrow, so to speak. And, and so some of us it can feel like the oxygen is being taken from our lungs as visionary leaders because we're like, oh man, but two weeks, like you said, like two weeks ago, yeah. man, I saw the mountain and now all I can see is barely, yeah. you know, the next step in front of me, yeah. the next eight hours, like it's crisis to crisis to crisis and fire to fire to fire and urgent to urgent. So what I would say to all of you is take a deep breath, walk outside, go on a prayer walk. Yeah. And reconnect with your heavenly father and allow him to say, guess what? We're playing the long game here as well as the short game. Yeah. But it's, we're going to, we're, the vision will come back. Now, let me say the second thought on that, Nathan. And it's this, the vision will come back. Like brighter days are coming. This is only a season. It's a season, but it's only a season. Yeah. And so leaders, we've got to remember that and be all here, be very present in this season. But I also think now is, a, is the right time for us to keep asking the Lord, God, in light of the mountain that I saw, in light of that picture that we call the sunset, that I see us painting as a church, painting on the canvas of our community long term, what, where are the tweaks? Because yeah. I do think we're going to come out of this different. Yeah. So again, I think the vision's going to come back, but I think we're going to paint 
with a, a, different shades of colors once we get on the other side of this. And so let's don't just assume as soon as we're past this crisis, great. Well, then we're just going to right back to the same vision we had. Maybe, but maybe there are going to be tweaks that the Holy Spirit will give us in terms of the coloring of the painting that we're actually painting. That's so good. You think the best days are ahead? Absolutely. I believe we are, we are, we are not in the end times. I believe that. I believe we're starting to feel the birth pains of the end times. And I believe the greatest revival the church has ever seen is yet in front of us. And I believe this coronavirus is, is positioning the local church for greater effectiveness in the, in the end times harvest than we could have ever imagined. Without a doubt, Nathan, our best days are ahead of us. Church leaders, get ready. We're about to get our harvest on. It's going to be good days ahead. All right. So, Pastor Matt, I know you have a relational network. There's 80-some churches that are connected with you and with Next Level. What are you coaching them? What are you mentoring them right now to be prepared to make this a successful season they come out of well? Well, for us with our Next Level Relational Network, Nathan, we really are a family of churches, and, and it's growing every day. It's crazy how a crisis will, even that will bring, you know, the pastors who go, I want to be a part of, we started a crisis community group, um, the thing, you know, with new pastors who want to get connected and all that. So um, the, the Relational Network is, what, what we're saying to them is, and again, our first statement for that is we exist to pastor ministry leaders so they can lead healthy and high-impact churches. And so everything we do uh, with our Relational Network churches is about health and high-impact health and high impact. So in a crisis, because that's how God wants us to pastor our churches too, pastoring and leading healthy and high impact. So our people need health and high impact. They need to be effective in the kingdom, but also growing in, in who they are in Christ. So uh, right now we're saying, listen, pastors, on the healthy side, how you pastor your church as well revolves around three things. Make sure even in this season, especially in the season of crisis, that your people are known, loved, and challenged. So for us, pastoring someone well is those three things. Are your people known? Are they loved? And are they challenged? And then on the other side, we're talking to our churches in the Next Level Relational Network around high impact. And for us, high impact is all about leadership and how are people led well. They're commissioned or called into leadership. In other words, you have to let them know there's a place for them in leadership. They're developed in leadership, so they have to be properly trained, and then they're, they are equipped and evaluated. And so you're constantly staying in contact with them to grow them up in their leadership. So what I would say is, if pastors can focus on pastoring and leading, think healthy and high impact, known, loved, and challenged, and called and commissioned, developed, and delegated to and equipped and evaluated, that's how you pastor and lead someone, especially in a crisis like this. Are you finding it's different, people that are connected to a relational network versus those that aren't on how they can deal with crisis? Oh my goodness, absolutely. And again, you don't have to be connected to our network, but I just really think there is a movement in the body of Christ that, that pastors need pastored. We, we all, we need ministry couples need family. We need relationships uh, that are bigger than our church. And so um, that's where we feel like, man, God has positioned the next level relational network for such a time as this, that if we can, and we do it in small groups. So our pastors, uh, we call them brotherhood groups. They get together monthly 
monthly for two hours online on Zoom, as a matter of fact. And then our wives get together. We call them sisterhood groups monthly for two hours. And then Sarah and I teach a 22 minute video. And then they just have communication and they have monthly or daily, you know, text threads that they're texting each other. So we really do life together. We are, we, we say we're a family on mission becoming a movement. So I think everybody will succeed better if they have a family that they're a part of like that. Yeah, I completely agree. And if there's somebody on the podcast right now that's, and wants to find out more about the Relationship Network, where would they go? Go to nextlevelrelationalnetwork.com, nextlevelrelationalnetwork.com, or if you can't remember that, just go to nextlevelchurch.com, and there's a link there. You'll be able to find it. I love it. Pastor Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is gold, and we're going to post this, and I believe people are going to be blessed. Thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.